Anyway, good morning. I like that. My neighbor's out walking her dog. She had like an actual cup of coffee in her hand, not just like traveling on a cup of coffee. I like that. Something about that. Having like this household item outside of the house. I don't know. Something about it I really take. I don't know why. This thing is fucking cool. All right. Weird thing to fucking take. It's cool. Uh, good morning. It is the 22, which is... Uh, it's a show in podcast form but that I tape on my 22-minute commute to the train station. Each soul-crushing day of the week. Yes. Uh, and some days are better than others. Content-wise. Um, performance-wise. <laughs> if you suffer from lack of performance... Um, and, you know, we're just trying to uh, try and pass the time together and get through this because uh, it's inevitable. And there's nothing we can do about it, which is what a Catch-22 is. It's a l- ludicrous situation that there is no way out of. And there's just no way out of this commute. So, Catch-22 podcast, 22 minutes long. There you go. That's the show. Um, let's see, Father's Day weekend. Happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day, and uh, yeah, we had a, mine was, mine was pretty nice, I ended up uh, with company all weekend, that's okay, part part of them were expected, part of them were surprised, it's kind of just how my father-in-law operates, he just, he wants, always got to be surprised with them, it's always got to be surprised, and I've just kind of come to accept it, uh, and this one wasn't all that bad, I really didn't give too much of a shit about it, he showed up on Saturday, did a barbecue, and uh, it was nice. That was like that was our Father's Day, no Father's Day Sunday, whatever. But we did Saturday was a nicer day, so we did barbecue and all that kind of shit on Sunday or on Saturday, and then Sunday we just kind of uh, we just kind of lazed around. We didn't do much. Watched a movie, watched some golf, watched some baseball, played some video games. Yeah, just kind of lazed around. It was kind of a crummy day. It ended up being a little nicer than expected, but it was just overcast all day. Threat of rain uh, from the morning on. You know, I went to the driving range early and then spent the rest of the day, you know, contemplating what we could do. And then I just, you know, eh. My daughter was acting up a little bit. I was like, not, let's just order something and nice and easy. And that's what we did. And it was a beautiful Father's Day. I had a great Father's Day. You know, one of the weird trends was I saw like on social media. By social media, I mean Twitter, because that's really all I use. Uh, all these, all these people like putting out, well, look, I know not everybody gets along with their father, or not everybody um, has a father anymore. And there's a hashtag like Dead Dads Club, which Megan McCain, M- Megan McCain started. It's like it just seems like it just to me, it just seems like an overwhelming. Like plea for attention on a day that has nothing to do with you. It's Father's Day. If you don't have a father, your father's dead. Just fucking move on with your life. If you have problems with your father, you gotta deal with it. You have, you have to deal with it the rest of the year, too. Just because other people are having nice days with their dad doesn't mean that you should be this should be this depressed mess. And I know people have their problems. That's fine. And you just deal with it. I don't know why we draw attention to our fucking minor problems. Like everybody, everybody has these kinds of problems at some point. Maybe not the same ones, but along the same lines, family. You know, everybody's doing something that 
reminds you, whatever. We all got to fucking go through it at some point in our lives. I'm not sure why we got to go on social media and draw attention to ourselves. It's like you're kind of like begging for... It's like it feels like you're looking for sympathy and attention on a day that's got nothing to do... Look, I understand. Like, and look, I've been there before. People check up on you on those days. The people that you care about, people that love you, check up on you on those days. All right. And uh, and if you need help on those days, you can call those people. If you the people that care about you, you don't have to go. You don't have to go public with all this shit. All right. Megan McCain, we know your dad died this year. All right, we know. But you don't have to start a club about it. Okay. There's a lot of people that had dead dads. Before years died. Okay, you know you're not the fucking founder of this club. Jesus. Alright, just weird to me. Just real it's a weird practice to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't I feel like it's unnecessary. Why are you going out of your way to draw attention to yourself like that? I don't know. So, big news over the weekend. Basketball season has started. Basketball season has just ended, but the real season has just started. This big, big game is already switching places. Anthony Davis is finally going to the Lakers, and you know what? Pelicans made out okay. They got a bunch. They got a gang of young talent to surround Zion with. I think they could be an exciting team. I don't know. We'll see the step that Lonzo takes this year. That's the big one. Let's see if Lonzo can make a step. You know, his first year, your rookie year, is always going to be you know, up and down. Second year, LeBron comes in. That throws everything into its own sort of madness. So we'll see what Lonzo can do at his development stage. They've already given up one all-star point guard. Well, let's see if it's a second one that they're giving up. I think it'll be hysterical now if Lonzo thrives in, in New Orleans. Who knows? I mean, look, LeBron with any LeBron with any kind of talent around him is dangerous, Okay. So LeBron and AD, that's a good one-two to start. And then now the rumor is that Kyrie's wanted to play with Anthony Davis for months. So who knows? You know, last week and two weeks ago, we were talking about Kyrie to Brooklyn. Oh, he bought a house in Jersey. He's looking for an apartment in New York. No, there's no nothing's signed yet, okay? And all these rumors coming out. So who, who the fuck knows? And then all these pieces fall, it affects everybody else. Because if Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, that means... That means, uh, sorry, just just merging into traffic here. Uh, that means D'Angelo Russell, maybe he's out. Um, but if Kyrie goes somewhere else, maybe D'Angelo Russell's back in. Who knows? Who knows? Sure, may, you know, I, I'd kind of accepted the fact that Kyrie was coming to Brooklyn already because it seems very strong. And all, nobody has said anything else to him going anywhere else. I'm fine if he doesn't come. I don't need I don't need Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. I want D'Angelo Russell, and I feel like if Kyrie comes, I read that if Kyrie comes, Russell's out. I'd rather have Russell. Why? Why would I rather have Russell than top two point guard in the league? It was fun watching him develop. It was fun watching him get better, and I want to see him continue to do that. I think he's I think he's a hard worker, and I just want to see what it, I just want to see what's in what's in store for him. What's next? And Kyrie is abandoning. That development. Let's, and that's, you know, you're going for a big game, that's going to happen. You're going to have some casualties along the way. you got to pick. you got to pick something over the other. And it's, it's not my choice, but I would understand if management went that route. 
if things went bad, I'd be pissed at management and said, look, this is why you shouldn't have done it. You've seen the signs with it before. Why are you, why are you tempting fate? Especially with Brooklyn. To bring a guy who has some issues with team and with his team and his teammates and management in the past. And Cleveland was one thing. He went to Boston and did it. And Boston, who has is as respected as a franchise as anybody is in the league. You know, you're Brooklyn. You're kind of just kind of figuring your way out. Why would you want to bring a volatile personality or a possible volatile personality into that? And say, all right, look, we've done a great job doing it our way. Now let's see if we throw this ego into the mix and see how we can do. You're going to have egos one way or the other. But a guy with a, with a track record of his ego, uh, I don't want to say getting in the way, but his ego percolating at the wrong times and hurting his team in, in, uh, in a couple instances. You're curious to see, you know, what would happen in an organization like Brooklyn, which has no history, which has no superstars, which he would be, he would come to and he would be the man immediately. It was a team of very good role players last year, and those guys took their roles and were fine with it. Kyrie Irving is not going to fall into like that puzzle very. He's his own entity. So we'll see. Didn't do great with that in Boston. Not sure how he do with it in Brooklyn. But now maybe that's not even a case. Maybe he is headed to Los Angeles to reunite with a guy he knows pretty well in LeBron and to play with a top nine. I mean, that guy is one of the better power forwards in the league. If not the best power forward in the league center, power forward, I don't know. And uh, you throw those three together, you got you have a serious big three right there in Los Angeles. So, we'll see. And plus, it's fucking L.A. It's always, as free agents go, it's fucking L.A. is L.A. Just these kids want to go to L.A. You know what I mean? That's Hollywood. Big stars, movie stars, pop stars, actresses, you know. There's, a, there's, a, there's an appeal there. Brooklyn's cool, don't get me wrong, but it's it's not Los Angeles if, if you're looking for that sort of life. Another big thing over the weekend, I haven't even gotten to the U.S. Open yet, but, um, which we'll, we'll, we'll do a little we'll close on, I don't know what we'll close on, we'll figure out as we go along. That's another thing with the 22, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. I have ideas what I want to talk about. I start and I go, and then uh, we get to the train station. And if I get to everything on my list, great. If not, whatever. As long as the show is okay, you know, we'll be happy with that. Could talk about Gary Woodland <laughs> winning. Could talk about the Yankees making a trade for the home run leader in the American League. But I'm going to talk a minute about OJ Simpson joining Twitter. Because, of course, OJ Simpson joined Twitter. You know what I don't like about OJ joining Twitter? Not just the fact that OJ's a known murderer, been in jail, complete scumbag. Is that people are shaming other people for following him on Twitter. Now, I don't understand I don't understand why that's a big deal. Like, yeah, okay, we're not friends with him. I'm not following him because I like him. A lot of people follow people they don't like because they want to shout obscenities at him via the internet because they want to shame them every time they do something stupid I mean you get these dweeby little baseball writers coming back oh 
some schmuck would be like, oh, you're an idiot, or that's stupid, or why do you even open your mouth, like, whatever, or shut up, and, like, and, the, guys, and the guys fight back, like, why are you telling me to shut up, you can just unfollow me, you idiot, so these guys are going back and forth, like, you follow Ken Rosenthal, even though you don't like him, but that's okay, but if O.J. Simpson comes along, you don't like O.J. Simpson, you follow him, all of a sudden you're an animal for following, no, look, it's, it's, I mean, the guy's a free man, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, like, you can't. You can't stop him from going on Twitter, right? You can't stop him. And people are going to follow anyway because people like a train wreck. And the guy, the guy's life is a train wreck. Been a train wreck for some time now. Uh, people followed his trial when it was on. People watched his the show about his trial when it was on. Fucking David Schwimmer on there. Cuba Gooding in there. No, I didn't watch any of that shit. You know why? Because I fucking lived through that, and it was miserable when I lived through it because I put on fucking Sports Center when I was a kid, and O.J. Simpson was the lead story every goddamn day for a year and a half, and it ruined fucking Sports Center. It ruined sports for a fucking 12-year-old kid. So I didn't watch any of that shit when I was on. The fucking uh, 30 for 30 that they did on it, or whatever, the ESPN movie about it. Not the movie, but like the documentary on it. People watch that. I didn't watch any of that shit. Everybody else watched it, talking big, talking big game about it. Oh wow, this these are these are great shows. Oh, the drama, the acting. Oh, put together so well, the directing. That was okay to fucking watch. It was okay to watch the fucking story on screen about this guy and the shitty things he's done, the awful things he's done. But now he's on Twitter. The same people who were praising. Those shows is coming back. Look, man. It's all part of the narrative now. This is the next chapter in the narrative. Don't fucking go shame people because they follow the scumbag. Just because you follow them doesn't mean you're fucking... You don't have, you don't have OJ32 posters on your wall. Occasionally you see an OJ32 jersey like at a Bills game on TV. It'll just be like they'll show the crowd or the parking lot and you just see 32. And you're like, and they gave away 32 this year to somebody. So some, there's a 32 out there. So no, you can hear about that from OJ on Twitter. He gave the kid his blessing, but you're still going to see, you know, he's still going to talk about it. He's not going to complain about it. And he has no, I mean, the guy, the guy shouldn't have any complaints at all. The guy got away with murder. Literally. Two of them. Tell my kid that all the time. <laughs> I'll do something, and I'll still like I'll come up with dessert or something. I'm like, he's got away with murder, kid. <laughs> no appreciation. You would think OJ, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't make crumbs under his under his uh, chair at dinner. He killed two people. Got away. He literally got away with murder. All right. It's just, it's I don't know. It's a, it's a weird. It is a little disturbing that, you know, he's he's doing it because of everything that he's got away with and what we know about OJ. I don't care if you follow him, man. There's no fucking shame you can follow this guy. What does that say about our society today? When a man like Hornthal James Simpson can just log onto the internet and talk to thousands of people.
I'm sure there's some sort of societal paper out there right now. Sick fucking world, like Uncle Junior said. Cinderella story, I guess, coming down the 18th fairway. Gary Woodland, who I had no idea who Gary Woodland was. He fought off a pack of contenders of household names over three days' time, playing with Justin Rose. Rory was there on the fourth day within striking distance. Um, Brooks Kepka made a charge on the back nine on Saturday and all day on Sunday. But Gary Woodland held them off. Just this every man, journeyman, all they talked about from Saturday to Sunday was how he has never, or seven times, he has held a 54-hole lead only to lose it in the la- on Sunday, on the last 18. That's all he talked about. Fox was looking for the choke job. Looking for it. Hyping up the choke job. It didn't get it. Came close. Kepka came close. Played brilliantly. But it was Gary Woodland's day. And there he was on 18. He, had, he was up two. He was playing smart. Laid up twice. Two nice iron shots. And he was throwing down the 18th at Pebble with the Pacific Ocean on his left. Dipshit. I don't think you can go that way. All right. Um, sorry, just pulling into the parking lot. And you know, there's always some idiot doing something you would never do in a parking lot. But there's somehow, three days a week, some idiot manages to do something you've never seen in a parking lot. Uh, and there he was, just walking down the 18th fairway. Just looking around, looking at the ocean. Hands in his pockets. It's a fucking Sunday stroll. And he did it, and it was pretty cool to see because you did, you know, as, as fun as this to watch, he dominated. He did great. As fun as this to watch Kepka like at the PGA dominate or Tiger at the Masters dominate, and these household names do what they do best. When you see a guy basically come out of the blue, and apparently everybody on tour is friends with this guy. He's fr- he's good, good friends with Justin Rose, who he played with. I never, I don't remember ever seeing. The cadre of superstars, Matt Kuchar was there to hug him afterwards. Um, just uh, Jordan Spieth was there hugging him afterwards. It was weird to see all these players kind of waiting for Gary Woodland at the end there. But there he was, and he put in a nice long putt to put it in to finish off the tournament. Winner, winner. You, your U.S. Open champion. Uh, one for the ages. Pebble Beach. I'll never forget you, Gary Woodland. So... All right, we're all champions today. It's Monday. Be a, Go out there and be a fucking champion. Be an office master. It's Monday. Try not to let it get to you. Can't let Monday dictate your, your mood. You can't do it. Don't let it get you down. Don't say don't say pretty good for Monday when somebody asks you how you're doing. Just don't do that. All right. Let me go ahead train. That is it for the 22 for today. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Let's see. Yankees have some big stars coming back. Talk about that tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, which we didn't go over today. Oh, whatever. I don't have a preview for you, so I don't know why I'm trying to preview for you. Have a great fucking day. Don't take any shit from anybody, and I'll talk to you soon here on the 22 after another shaky finale to the show. Take care.